military, but I've enjoyed studying James. We've received a great deal of revelation as we've been talking and discussing this. And James is wanting to conclude this letter to the church to encourage them because he's pointed out all their problems they have and it's told them how they can be overcomers. And he emphasizes in James chapter 5 in the 13th verse. This is how we can be overcomers. This is how we can have victory in our life. And I'm going to jump to the 13th verse. Is anyone among you suffering? This is a question. Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. And you conveyed a little story about the little things in life. Right. It's just little nagging stuff that the flesh wants to throw at you. And it wasn't anything big. It was just this little stuff. And I recognized it. I believe the Holy Spirit of God in me was saying, come on here. Where's this coming from? Do you recognize this? Is this from the flesh or from the spirit? And I just said, I'm not putting up with this. I'm going to praise the Lord. I just started praising the Lord. And in doing that, I overcame the flesh. I overcame the lust of the flesh. It's talking about this stuff here and these temptations and trials. And when you go back to James 1, that's how you do this. You train your mind to say, is this good or is this bad? You know, that's pretty basic stuff, but that's what it is. The good news of the gospel is very simple. And I always like to quote John 10, 10. The thief cometh but to steal, kill, and destroy. And I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. If you're getting anxious or judgmental, you're not in the spirit. Get over there in that spirit of God, that life, that joy, that peace, everything that's in us. And this is what James is telling us in verse 13. Because in the first five chapters, he's telling them, you quit doing this. You quit praying. You quit being cheerful. You've allowed circumstances in your life. You quit walking in the Spirit and started walking in the flesh. You've forgotten everything you've been taught. And now he's putting back into mind again. You're suffering. You pray. You seek God. You pray to God. And then you praise God. You don't praise him for circumstances. You just praise him for who he is, that he's given you the ability to be an overcomer. He's equipped us. That is exactly right. He's equipped us. He's blessed us. It's Everything is provided. We're overcomers. If we just stay focused on him, on the Holy Spirit of God that now resides in us. We have the authority. We have the... We have the free will to choose. He's given us this. He loves us so much, he gave us free will to choose. I think of Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, where we have all spiritual blessings now. We're not lacking anything. God is not holding anything back. He's equipped us, so when we go through these trials and tribulations, we just rely upon him. We seek him for guidance on how to solve a problem that's been confronting us. We seek wisdom on how to deal with marriage problems, not trying to handle it ourselves. We seek Him, and then we praise Him, and we thank Him for this wisdom that we receive. If we can focus our mind in on this process of seeking God through prayer 
and devoting time to reading the Word and meditating upon the Word of God, you will be increasing in wisdom. Let's go back to this verse again. Okay. And read it again. I'm going to read it in the New American Standard. Is anyone among you suffering? Then he must pray. Is anyone cheerful? He is to sing praises. What are we doing here in these verses but being in relationship with God? He's saying, pray, seek God, thank Him, be in relationship with Him. That's the privilege you have now as a believer in Jesus Christ. You can have relationship, fellowship. He's already provided everything for us. Those fruit of the Spirit we often talk about in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. This is why we can enter into the throne room of God with boldness and confidence. Yes. Because his arms are reaching out to us, Terry. He wants to wrap his arms around us. He wants to give us wisdom. He wants to take care of us, just like we want to take care of our children. He wants to advise us, but he wants us to listen so we can apply what he's telling us to our life to be overcomers. So we won't be suffering. Exactly. And we can spend all of our time praising Him and not going through sufferings. He wants us to recognize where the trials and tribulations are coming from and the testings. He wants us to recognize that, and, and He's very emphatic about this. They do not come from me. The test for you is, are you going to listen to what I'm telling you to overcome? This is the test. And it's a daily test. You're making this subconscious decision. Am I going to do it myself or am I going to listen to the Holy Spirit? And if I'm listening to myself, I'm going to go through sufferings. I'm going to go through trials. I'm going to make matters worse. But if I'm listening to the Holy Spirit, I'm going to have victory. Because His Word says we are equipped. We have victory now if we understand how to apply this victory in our lives. Mitch, this verse 13 again. Is any among you suffering? Is, is anyone cheerful? The answer to both these questions, and they're both questions, by yes. the way, is the same answer. Relationship with God. Recognizing the Holy Spirit is in you, has given you everything you possibly need to, to live the Christian life if you just surrender to that. Walk in that relationship with God. Let Him flow out of you. Let the Holy Spirit of God that's in you flow out. Just make the decision to stay in relationship with God. That's good. Make the decision. Take the first step right now to make a conscious effort. Say, I am right now, today forward, I'm going to begin to listen to the Spirit of God. I am going to examine what I'm saying. I'm going to watch what comes into my life. I'm going to begin to do baby steps in recognizing this. We don't want people beating themselves up when they, they stumble and make mistakes. The Lord wants you to begin to recognize and grow in this area. Because all the Lord really wants from us, Terry, is to have victory in our life. Amen. He's not here to condemn us. He's wanting to have us so we can have victory in our lives now and reach out to others to minister to others. We have to have victory in our lives before we can go minister to other folks. 
And this is about knowing God, knowing who we are now in Christ. And, and I just flipped over here to Second Peter, and this is, do you know grace and peace can be multiplied? <laughs> it's Second Peter chapter 1, verse 2, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. You can have grace and peace multiplied. The more you know who you are now in Christ, you can have this relationship with God. You can know Him. You have to diligently seek Him. This chapter talks about diligently seeking Him so that you can become Christ-like, so that the Spirit of God can flow out of you, so that you can make disciples. That's what we're wanting to do, Mitch, as we share the Word of God with each other and, and make these recordings. We want the Word of God to come alive in the people that hear it. We want the, of course, we want it to come alive in ourselves, but we want it to flow out of us. We want the love of God to manifest in our lives. We want the love of God to manifest in the listeners' lives. And the reason we want this love to manifest in our lives is so we're not held captive by Satan. And therefore, we can have victory in our lives and therefore reach others. And ultimately, the only person that you can control is yourself, your emotions, your flesh, and live out of that Spirit of God that's in you. And that's a very important point, is the only person you can control is yourself. And I think that would be a real good first step in examining and understanding this, that the only person that I can change and can control is myself. I can't control my spouse. I can't control the circumstances of people I work with. I can't control the circumstances of life. I can only control myself, and that's referring to your mind. I can control what I say. I can control what I think. I can control all those things because now I have the Spirit of God living within me, I no longer have to think the way of the world. I have the wisdom of God. I no longer have to be double-minded. I can be led by the Spirit of God. You're not thinking about yourself. You're living the Christ life. That selfishness falls off. Well, we're using Jesus as our example. We're living his life now. He's wanting to live his life out of us. What did he do? He gave up his place in heaven to become a man and took our place. Now that's all he's wanting us to do. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16. We have the mind of Christ living within us. We have to nurture this mind. We have to develop this mind. And this is what James is telling us. And now he's encouraging us by saying, you need to pray. Are you doing enough praying throughout the day? And I mean just communicating with God one-on-one. It's talking to God like I'm talking to you. This is the communication. And just praising God, saying, Thank you, Father, for all you've given me. Praise you. I love you. Saying those words renews your mind to who you are in Christ, and therefore you begin to grow in love. And it will manifest. It will come forth. And the trials and temptations fall right off. Because where your mind's focused, it's not focused on the trials and tribulations. It's focused on God. Because God will give you the wisdom to overcome this trial and this temptation. 
from Satan. He's the tempter. We yeah. never want to forget this. We always want to remember this. The tribulations, the trials come from Satan. The only test that we have is when the Holy Spirit is saying, listen to me. Recognize what's coming in and what's going out. And the test is, am I going to listen? Or am I going to listen to the way of the world or listen to Satan? This is the only test. That's it. The answer is relationship with God, knowing who you are in Christ. It goes back to verse 13 for you. Yeah, it sure does. That's good revelation. It, It really does. And then Galatians 2.20 comes to mind. And we're talking about living that Christ life, that surrendered life that only we can do. It's about what we control. We control ourselves. That's the only person we can control is ourselves. Because Galatians 2.20 says, I'm crucified with Christ. I'm dead. But nevertheless, I live. Yet, not I... But Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He gave himself. I surrender myself to him. He can live through me. And then people can become born again. That's what the last verse in this chapter talks about. What becomes dead, though, is you no longer are held captive by your thoughts. You're still in this flesh, but the thoughts... Yes, you're absolutely right. Now I have the capacity to have spiritual thoughts. Because Christ is now living in me, and now my old way is put to death. I'm now a new creature in Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit that lives within me. We need to just focus and meditate upon what we now have in Christ and the victory we can now have. But it requires effort. This is why faith without works is dead. I have faith in what I'm reading. I have faith and believe that I can have victory. Now I have to work at it. What am I working at? I'm working at not having double-mindedness. I'm working on having this mind of Christ and walking in the Spirit of God. Faith without works. I'm working in this area, in this arena of controlling what comes out of my mouth, controlling my thoughts, controlling my imagination. You're reminding me of what's talked about in Hebrews 4, of laboring to enter the rest. That's what Hebrews 4 talks about, is that labor. Well, it's, it's a surrendering to who you are now in Christ. It's giving up on the flesh, and, and it's listening to the thoughts of God that are in you. Wow, the thoughts of God in us. That's something to stop and think about, too. I guess what I'm saying, it's all about him, what he did for us, what he wants to do now through us. It's so amazing what he wants to do through us. What a privilege it is. Wow. You know, and it's been that way since the beginning of time. You see that through the prophets. You see that through the Psalms. You see how the Lord wanted to have relationship with us. He wanted us not to suffer. He wanted us to meditate upon Him, focus in on Him. This is all God has wanted from the very beginning. Nothing more, nothing less. And He's provided this through the Holy Spirit of God. And we see this through Elijah, don't we? Yes. 16 to the end of the chapter is pretty awesome. 
Let's read verse 17. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the earth for three years and six months. Verse 18 says, and then he prayed again, and the sky poured rain, and the earth produced its fruit. It produced a harvest. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. And that's what I was just underlining, a nature like ours. He was a human being with the same feelings and affections like ours. And he prayed and did these awesome things. I mean, there was... There was a time when when, uh, Jezebel got in his head and and scared him off into a cave. But you know what? God met him there in that cave. That's right. He had double-mindedness for a minute, didn't he? Just like we can have double-mindedness, like we do have double-mindedness. But God never leaves us. God was with him, like you said, in the cave. Our fleshly realm and thoughts want to drag us away from God because of I guess that's the dark side of us. I don't know how else to say that, but it's, it's light versus darkness. So if you read the story of Elijah, he had fire come down from, from heaven and burned up an altar that was water-soaked. I mean, it was, it was amazing. It was ama- and then he killed all these Baal worshipers, and it was just amazing the things he did. But he got into double-mindedness, so... My point is we always have to be on guard against those thoughts, against those trials and tribulations. He had a trial and a tribulation came against him. This woman said that, I'm going to kill you. So he, he ran and hid. He had the power of God in him. It's a little different. We have the Spirit of God with us all the time because of the new covenant relationship that we have with our Father God. I'll give him that. <laughs> But God moved awesomely through him, and he got into double-mindedness and was hiding in a cave. He forgot, briefly, the things you just described there. He forgot the power and how awesome God was in his life about bringing down fire from heaven and consuming the altar, and then the power of God killing those people that you were talking about. He witnessed and demonstrated the power of God flowing through him. But for a brief moment, through words, became afraid, didn't he? Absolutely. By what was spoken to him. This is why we can apply it to our life. We have to watch what our words, what we're saying, because we can cause fear in people's life. We can cause anxiety in people's life. And it can happen to us as well. We can receive this as well. That's why we're to... Test. We're to test what's coming at us, what words are being spoken to us. Just like Elijah. If he would have just said, No, God's awesome. You're not going to kill me. I'm God's messenger. But for a brief moment, he had double mindedness and ran and hid until in the cave, God spoke to him again. Yes. <laughs> and see, that should be encouraging us to, to us as well. He's not going to leave us. He's not going to forsake us. He's going to be with us if we'll just listen. And if we listen, the devil will flee from us like we've been discussing. And then we overcome those trials and tribulations. We could talk about these last two verses here too a little bit. And it kind of alludes to what we've been talking about when we stray away. 
if our thoughts lead us in a wrong direction and somebody corrects us, that's awesome because it covers a multitude of sin. I mean, we can get all messed up in, in the errors of our own way. But if someone says, now, wait a minute, where are your thoughts at? What are you thinking here? It's just awesome. What I'm thinking of is the verse where it says, if we lack faith, that's sin. And this is what it's referring to, I believe. Oh, that's a good point. Elijah sinned because he lacked faith. We sin when we lack faith. But when a brother who is spiritually mature comes to you and says, wait a minute, let's examine this, what's going on? then it does cover a multitude of sins because you're walking back in faith. You've been restored again and have your mind set back on spiritual things. You're not double-minded. Whenever we get over here in the flesh and get double-mindedness, we sin. And then sin does compound, doesn't it? Yes. Because we start speaking things, we start doing things that we shouldn't be doing. So therefore, when you are corrected... You come back. Your mind gets back where it should be. It's focused again on the proper direction. It's always neat to have a brother in the Lord that you can go to and say, man, my thoughts have been running wild on me. And the brother can say, what's the word say? Let's go read some word. Let's go get some scripture back in you and get get your thoughts back where they should be. And that runs right back to verse 13 of James 5. Let him pray. And then let him sing psalms of praises. What's that doing? That's building you up. That's, that's getting you back in proper focus again to where you do hide a multitude of sins. It's not a condemning thing. It's bringing your mind and your thoughts back into proper perspective again of where you need to be with relationship with God because you keep saying it. it's relationship and it is. And that's what the whole book of James is telling us. <laughs> the whole Bible, yes. <laughs> the whole James. Bible. But James says it eloquently here, too. I mean, just stay in relationship with your Father God. The Creator of the universe loves you. He loves you unconditionally. He wants the best for you. He's already provided everything. Walk in it. Keep your thoughts stayed on Him. And that, I think that's, this is a perfect picture of Elijah, where for a brief moment, he had to like passions we have, where we were double-minded and we tried to do it ourselves. And what do we do? We normally mess things up. Well, we do mess things up. We run and hide and we say things we shouldn't say because what was coming out of his mouth was fear. His thoughts were fear. This is why it's so important to recognize thoughts. If it's fear, it's not from God. If it's loving correction, it's from God. And correction comes through the Word where a brother or you read something and the Holy Spirit says, no, you're having double-mindedness about this. You're trying to do this yourself. You're speaking things you shouldn't be speaking because it's not in love. You need to examine all this. And this is what we're trying to tell the listeners. Yes. So they can begin to receive revelation in their life and understanding this is a relationship with God, and God wants to help us throughout our daily lives. Do everything you possibly can do to rely on God. Read the Word. Get in fellowship. Examine yourself. Be diligent. Seek the kingdom of God. All of those things that the Word of God tells us to do is wanting us to show forth the life of God. He wants it to flow out of us so that other people will see 
That's what we're to do on this earth. After we get born again, we need to show forth God's love and make disciples. Isn't it called the Great Commission? It's to bring the Word of God to the world. And James was enforcing this as well, saying, just be strong and have confidence and just believe. Just believe. Just believe. If we can just get in this in our mind and have faith and believe this and stand on this, that God loves us. God wants this relationship with us. He wants us to be, and we've been saying it over and over, He wants us to be victorious. He wants this relationship so we can be set free. And I want folks to begin to personally examine themselves on where their walk is right now with the Lord. And the things we've been talking about and discussing, what area do I need to improve in as you study the book of James? Because I encourage them to continue to study this because we've just touched the fringes of this and you'll receive more revelation as you study it. But you need to seek God and you need to begin to examine yourself and be truthful with yourself and seek God for this wisdom so we can overcome the trials and tribulations of this world until Jesus comes back. And it's that relationship. We like passions like Elijah. We can pray like him. We can be in fellowship with the Father 24-7. And that's what God wants, us to be in relationship with him.